0: what up nerds welcome to another episode of no country for pop culture i'm rico and joined with me today is liz where we're going to discuss things all pop culture whether it's comic related uh, movie related uh, on tv netflix all those things so we're going to get into it today by talking about our review we just came out of hobbs and shaw maybe 30 minutes ago and we didn't say one one Word about it when we walked out of the theater on the way home we had like a self-imposed gag order as we got our notes so today is going to be our review of Hobbs and Shaw it will be a non-spoiler review uh we might dance on that line but we'll do our best not to give particularly key points or anything like that away so again if you're interested in the movie or want to check it out or sometimes you might not want to check it out and just say you know what I'm just going to Listen to the review, and that will be my me w- watching the movie. All right. So, with that said, we're going to talk about initial response. Our we walked out of the theater, and I'll hand it over to Liz first. Hey, Liz.
1: <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs> um. So I mean, I really enjoyed the movie. I'll talk later about you know not knowing a lot about the franchise, but um, I thought it was a really great action film. Lots of visual stunts, and uh, I really enjoyed it. What did you think?
0: I was I was thoroughly impressed, and uh, I knew I would be once I saw who was attached in the director's chair, and we'll talk more about that when we talked about the cast and and crew of the sh- of the movie. But yes, I was like a, uh, I think a little kid um, <laughs> in an action candy store. I, it did not disappoint whatsoever, and so uh, with this, you know, with this team up, I do come from as as I stated before. Anyone to my new listeners or new listeners today, that I do have that. I was born into pop culture. I was born into the world of comics and action, all those things, video games, or Liz comes from a different background, not saying as a boring background, all that kind of stuff. Oh,
1: <laughs>
0: but okay. <and>, I guess <laughs> she has not been like just uh, in a room isolated for all these years and never seen any of these types of movies. But
1: it's kind of how you're spinning it right now.
0: Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> I know. But. Um, What is your background when it comes to the Fast and Furious
1: franchise? Um, I've seen none of them. Um, I know the first one had a lot of cars in it. Mm -hmm. And at some point in one of the movies, there's a character named Mia because my niece is named after that character. And that is all I've got. (laughs) And the the main guy died a couple of years ago, Paul Walker. That is the extent of my Fast and Furious knowledge right there.
0: And uh, with my background, I think, as I remember hearing the first one, I didn't see it until it was on maybe cable back then. You remember cable, HBO, and all that kind of stuff? but uh, Or stars Network, or whatever it is. Uh, but I, if you've heard our other podcasts, it seems like I might as well change the name to Marvel Podcast, because I am a fanboy of that. On The Fast and the Furious, you know, there's some, uh, I'll mention that, I have not seen every single movie, but I want to talk about before we start, if you've not seen any of the movies as well, or one or two, or if you've been a fan of the franchise ever since, you would agree that the evolution of Fast and the Furious has changed dramatically. And again, if you're someone who's not watched someone, or if you go out this weekend, or anytime you watch Hobbs and Shaw, then you go back to... (laughs) The very first one, you're going to see a drastic, drastic contrast. Uh, as Liz stated earlier, that she remembers had a lot of cars. Well, if you've been following the franchise, it started with cars racing on the street to now cars practically flying in the air, flying through buildings, doing cartwheels. Insane stuff. Uh, the franchise just first started with Fast and the Furious and with Paul Walker and Vin Diesel back in 2001. I mean, it's almost like you know, nearing 20 years of The Fast and the Furious. And, I, and those who have been following, again, you got to notice there's... Uh, if you look at chronological release order, that's not how the films go. Uh, again, you had 2001, Fast and the Furious. 2003, you had Too Fast, Too Furious. Where <laughs> Vin Diesel decided he didn't want to do it, so uh, it was all right. I remember seeing that one also. I've seen both on... That one I saw on DVD. I rented it on Netflix back then when they would deliver the DVDs to your house or whatnot. 2006 was Tokyo Drift. I had a little Bow Wow. You didn't have Paul Walker or Vin Diesel in that one. Um, and that one in way gets kind of wonky because out of the eight films that came out before Hobbs and Shaw, Tokyo Drift, which came out in 2006, was actually the sixth if you're trying to watch them in order. It was a prequel. Uh almost to the other movies so that was kind of a um i don't know just uh hard to wrap your mind around when you try to watch all them in order i don't remember if it had commercial success um but again three years later you had they just went back to fast furious with the third installment or the fourth installment but number three if you think about the timeline um i don't want to give it away because i know they're you know with in preparation of the release of hobbs and shaw you had like you have maybe a a blu-ray collection where you can get all of them for i think it's like 20 dollars on amazon but if you watch fast and furious again 2009 you're going to notice where physics starts to evolve When i'm talking about physics of cars and what they can and when they should not do I don't want to give too much away of that one either. But again, if you want to watch them, uh, just uh, mark it in your brain that Fast Furious in 2009, that physics source that evolved to what we have now. Uh, 2011, uh, I think that was the game changer. That was called Fast Five. Introduction of Luke Hobbs, played by Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson at the time was the biggest entertainer. uh, Hands down, everything he touched was gold. And when he was injected into... Uh, the Fast Furious franchise, it was like hitting that nitrous. Um, just phenomenal. Now again, I would tell you, I did not see Fast Furious 2009 release. I did not see Tokyo Drift. But when I heard The Rock was going to be in Fast Furious, uh, I, I I jumped on that one. But again, not in the theater. I just waited till it came out on rental. But I actually bought it on Blu-ray, and it just was hooked. Um, I just love the whole dynamics of it. Again, physics takes a backseat. <laughs> On that one, and if you've seen it, you will argue, you will agree with me, and I'll talk more about the suspension of belief. Uh, that was again the the big money maker. Where of course you have to have a sequel with The Rock, which was 2013, uh, went back to the title Fast Fury Six, where you have an introduction of the first Shaw. Not going to give too much about that, um, but you will have an introduction of Shaw. And then you start hearing the gripes of just a little um, bickerings, um, arguments, some um, near fights between the Rock and Vin Diesel, uh, and you know you had the two big divas at that time. Uh, so that was in 2013. Uh, 2015, thirteen, two thousand fifteen. I'm sorry if I said uh, Fast Furious six was two thousand thirteen. Two thousand fifteen was Fast Seven. Uh, again, they dropped Fast and Furious just to Fast Seven. And that one, unfortunately, was Paul Walker's last film. Unfortunately, he uh, died in a car accident. And that one, I did not see either. I was willing... I was going to go see in the theater. It just never made it to my calendar. I heard there was a great tribute to that one. Um, I don't know if I'll actually see that one. But again, check out the trailer. There's no physics. I'm sorry. Um, The... The and I'm jumping ahead, but the world of uh, Fast and Furious is no longer grounded in reality. If you've seen that one, 2017 brought us Fate of the Furious, uh, which is the last one before they split off into this new franchise of uh, Hobbs and, Ch- and Shaw. Uh, but yeah, um, do you have to see any of those? Who Hobbs and Shaw? I'll uh, I've seen most of them, so I'll be biased with that. So, you know, when Liz talks about her review, um, you know, I think in the theater, she didn't come out with like, okay, who is this? Who is that? Who is all that? So it seems like maybe you don't have to watch any of those. Uh, But that is the evolution of Fast and the Furious. So now we're going to talk about Hobbs and Shaw. I'm going to talk about who's in it, uh, the director. And that's what got me. Well, actually, the first thing was the the two action stars, you know. Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham, and then you have my man Idris Elba. Uh, when they had that as the as the antagonist, I, I was already on board before I even knew who the um, director was. But when I did the research today before going to the movies and saw it was David Leitch, and just familiar with his work uh, before, uh, you know, I wanted to tell this. This is going to be action packed, hmm. um, but. Well, that, let's talk about who was in it. I already alluded to some. Is there any other people you want to talk about, or even the director?
1: Um, you found some notes I on think, that. I think you've mentioned everybody except um, Vanessa Kirby, who plays Hattie Shaw. Um, I really liked her performance as well. Very strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know anything about the director going into this, but... Again, as you were kind of filling me in a little bit on the movies and the director, I just went and looked him up a little bit to see um, what he had done and, and who he was. Um, and you had told me he was a stuntman, but I was just really impressed with his resume of stunts. And I got really excited when I saw that he had done a lot of stunts for Brad Pitt, hmm. um, he's his like go-to stunt double. So that was really cool, and um, it was interesting to see a movie taken from a a stuntman's perspective that I had that in my mind the entire time I was watching it just to kind of watch the stunts and notice if I felt like they were any different than the other movies
0: oh yes and um David Leach again uh I remember one of his first movies I saw was Ninja Assassin I can't remember the date on that one but Story's kind of weak, but the action sets was just phenomenal. I'd watch it, and I had that on Blu-ray, and I'd watch the making of the, the stunt fights and the, the choreography, and just amazed what they can bring together. Uh, a couple other movies under his belt was Escape Plan. I think that was a Sylvester Stallone. It was all right. And then of course, what put him on the maybe uh, a map was his director. Uh, Debut with his partner, and he slips his his name, slips his, my mind, but uh, John Wick. Which, you know, the third one just came out. Uh, but uh, that was, his, I believe, his first turn um, behind the camera instead of front. Then he did Atomic Blonde, and, and he directed Deadpool 2, I believe. But, um, yeah, uh, that's where we are right now. And we're going to go ahead and, again, Liz talked about Vanessa Kirby, who uh, plays... Hattie Shaw. Um, which us we're not getting too much away. Idris Elba plays Brixton Lore. Jason Statham, Deckard Shaw, and Dwayne Johnson. Luke Hobbs. Okay, and I've been practicing saying uh, <laughs> Jason Statham. Good job. All day, I tell you. Growing <laughs> up, I just I don't know. If you follow my podcast, uh, you'll see some this mispronounces of certain names and everything like that. I'm trying to get better, but all morning, uh, she said like I was just I had like a tick. I was I just. Just out of nowhere say, Statham, Statham. Because I want to get his name right. Because I want to say Stratham for some reason. I don't know why. Because you're wrong. Yes, because I'm wrong. But Statham. Just All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is going to be a non-spoiler. But uh, if you've seen the trailers, of course, is going to be one of those... Um, if you think about the, the cop or the buddy films where you have two contrasts of two people are forced to work together and the comedy ensues. And again... You don't really need to have uh, prior knowledge to any other films in the Fast Furious franchise Uh, before seeing this one. uh, They really don't give too many nods. Uh, You just got to know they hate each other. And uh, again, I think this could have been the first movie and it still would have made sense. They really don't do a lot of nods back to the old franchise. Uh, But one thing that I want to talk about, uh, again... um, the premises again, they have to work together to save the world uh, and again, going back to the Fast furious franchise from the first couple of movies all about street heists to then they somehow evolved to secret agents to now again, this will feel like more of a marvel cinematic universe you're gonna have some just um this outlandish um action pieces, fight choreography, stunts that if it was if it had the name Marvel on top of it you wouldn't think anything else but again if you're coming in and and thinking it's going to be grounded like again fast fear or something like that you might say this is ridiculous but another disclaimer please please check all sense of reality at the ticket booth and just go in this you know i want a wild insane high octane fueled experience and i don't think you'll be disappointed and we have notes. Is there anything you want to share with your notes that you took down?
1: Um, well, just when you compared it to a Marvel movie, I in my notes, I didn't compare it to the Marvel movies. Um, I compared it to the James Bond franchise. Okay. Because um, yeah. that's my background. I've seen every James Bond movie. I love most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, felt, it played a lot like a James Bond movie where um, if you've seen all the Bond movies, they might have one or two references to an old movie that you know, the insiders will get, but it doesn't leave you feeling like you're lost. And I didn't feel like I was lost in this movie. I felt like it can definitely stand alone. I didn't, like you said, I wasn't leaning over going, who's that? Who's that? Mm. You don't even have to know that they hate each other going in because they make it very clear at the beginning that they hate each other. Mm. Um, But I I just liked that it, it could stand alone. And it, to me, it felt like the James Bond world and the the fighting scenes and the action scenes kind of featured the stunts and the athleticism over like yes. gore or blood. Cause I don't do blood and guts. And I was told Rico before we went, I was worried that I was like, I'm not going to know anything. Is it going to be gross? Um, but to me it felt like it played like the, um, especially more like Daniel Craig's James Bonds, not the old ones, but the newer James Bonds that they're putting out. It kind of, it had that same flow and that same vibe. Uh, I really I enjoyed it.
0: I can see how it goes back to the espionage or the secret agent. Mm-hmm. And, they even uh, had MI6. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I try to remember MI6 and MI5 because I think MI6 is international. Because right? that's what James Bond James was. James
1: Bond's MI6, yeah. yes. And
0: uh, MI, nerd fact, MI5 is more um, homeland, you can say, uh, secret agent security. There's a great A&E show many years ago, MI5, which is uh, uh, pretty good. You should try to check that out. Um I want to talk about now also, and I didn't write this in my notes, but just the introduction of Hobbes and Shaw. Uh, when you have the split screen, the parallelism, uh, the compare and contrast. What did you think about that?
1: What I picked up on, and I wasn't sure if it was going to play into anything later, um, and if it did, I didn't catch it. Um, when you first open up on them, yeah, it's side by side, they're mornings. Um, Hobbes is all painted in... Um, warm colors, um, and Shaw is all cool colors, and um, his is very gray and blue, and Hobbes is just warm and sunny, and um, I do think it played in later with their characters and, and some of the hesitations they had towards working together, where, um, I don't think it's a spoiler, Shaw was, you know, talking about his worries about working with Hobbs that Hobbes doesn't blend in well, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of pulled back to how they introduced him at the opening um Hobbs just his side of the screen just kind of jumped out more cuz the colors were mm. so rich and vibrant. Yeah. Um and Statham's just kind of sat in the back where it was, you know, cool and dark and black colors and he kind of moved very stealthily through his world. Um so I thought that was a cool way to introduce them and have that kind of play out throughout the movie.
0: Yeah, I like the juxtaposition juxtaposition position. Good job. position. I, I <laughs> of the two characters, and I was guilty of the also leaning when you have the split screen of the Rock uh, again because he's bigger than life, literally, and um, just he stands out more. And you see both, but again, it's just not—it's so difficult not to see the the bluntness. Um, I know, when particularly seeing you know both uh, both the sh- Saw Shaw, sorry. So siblings had pointed that out. Uh, there's one, again, not, not giving major plot points around. Um, Hattie Shaw was like, you know, called um, Luke Hobbs' character out. I know you're not CIA. So how do you know that? Well, you know, there's two types of CIA agents. You know, there's intelligence and there's espionage. And she said, you know, in, intelligence, I mean, they're just weak and frail. They can't even hold a gun. There's And you're obviously not that. And espionage, they know how to blend in. And she was like, you don't blend in and even um, Satham's character says, you know what, you're a blunt instrument. You're like a you know a big elephant. And so that's what you see when you see the introduction of them, uh, that Hobbes is the blue-collar mm-hmm. worker, where and Shaw is refined. But uh, what they both have in common is they're both relentless. Yeah, you know, they make up their mind nothing's going to stop them a- at all. Uh, anything else you notice in the... Well, because like, they also do that, not just in the introduction, but they don't do the split, but they, you know, when they're by themselves, they always contrast. You think about their relationships with family.
1: Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I hadn't thought about that until yeah. you just now said Part that. Put her on the spot. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, pop quiz. Um, no, yeah, because um, you know, Hobbes is Hobbes' family. um Very welcoming and warm, and you can see with Shaw's family it's a very small family, and it may just be you know British versus American. Sometimes British can come off as cold, but they don't come off as like warm, lovey-dovey mm-hmm. family. Um, whereas Hobbs's family did.
0: Yeah, and even just uh, again when you they do a good job also because my thing was uh, I I told Liz hey be and it's gonna be action packed and some movies are, are they don't have that balance of of hyperkinetic, strong, well choreographed action. And a story that keeps you entertained and not watching your clock saying, you know what, when's the next action piece? Or, you know, I used to have movies, action uh, DVDs and Blu-rays where after one action, I skipped to the next chapter because the story oh, was no. just weak. <laughs> and they did a great job of, of, of blending the the overall theme, which I'm jumping ahead, of family. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, when you introduce um, Shaw and his daughter and they're talking about the 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 importance of family, then the next scene is same thing with um, Shaw and his mother, uh, who's played by...
1: Helen, Helen Mirren. Yes.
0: Family. And so there's always just uh, the contradiction and comparison of both of them throughout. Um, but again, yeah, jumping ahead to theme, I think the theme was just family throughout. And it was an over-sappiness, you know. it's uh, No, you
1: know, but it was there.
0: Mhm. And uh and I saw another theme also about just um there's a lot of use of technology and that's been more prevalent and I think it speaks to technology how we're all connected but connected technology wise, electronic wise, but not the heart wise. Right. You know, and uh that's an element you'll see later on uh towards the third act, which I don't want to give much away. Um but I wanna talk about again the main thing, action. Um Again, I'm a Marvel fanboy. Uh, we just watched In-Game last night, and I got all hyped. Uh, but most <laughs> Marvel, you know, I, I like them. But again, I, I am biased, you know, and that's why it's a great thing about having uh, Liz on this podcast, too, because she, you know, has a different uh, viewpoint. Marvel could make a bad movie, and I'll, I'll call it out, but again, I'll, I'll watch every movie. But the um, this is jam-packed. I just made a note. I think, I promise, uh, there's at least 10... Action sequences sets some will blend and maybe you might think of it as one, but they go from one location and spilling out to another, so I count them separately um the, the I mean the first couple of minutes you if it's an action movie, give me action do give me talking and and background start off, and that's what they did uh, again you have um um introduction of Hattie Shaw, if you've seen the he's not giving anything away. Um, it's right there in the very beginning. She's gonna steal something that's very important, and you have the introduction of Andres Ilba. Her first line is like, "I'm the bad guy," and from there, the actions are just it gets bigger and bigger. Um, and uh, is there? And I, I made a list. I tell you one thing again, you're not gonna be disappointed with action sequences, but I tell you, my favorite one was. I might have two. Um, I, there's there's hand to hand combat. there's uh you gotta have some road uh chasing sequences, uh you have some gunplay, which is my least favorite, and I'll tell you why later. But mine uh that my, made my jaw drop was uh you have to see it. And I'm mean, gonna but Idris Elba, who plays Brixton, mm-hmm. On his motorcycle. That's all I'll say. <laughs>
1: and that's towards the beginning, right? Yeah. The one that was towards the beginning, kind yes,
0: of sort of. Uh, yes. Okay. And and you'll and you'll get some more about. Uh, again, I, I, I'm a Marvel fanboy, but nothing, nothing for the longest time it made my mouth drop and say that is totally wicked. <laughs> uh, you guys might have, and again, but mine, um, it just elbow on the motorcycle. Check it out. Uh, again, it gets some points. We think. I've seen it all, but no. Uh, and this one says, you know, it said, hold my beer. All right. So um did you have any particular uh, action sequences?
1: Um, I don't want to give it away, okay. but the, the very final one, I liked how it was done uh, without a lot of technology, and it was just hand-to-hand, and you got to see the strengths of all the characters at play, and you got to really see... Um, their skills and what they're, what they're known for and what they're good at. And I liked um, the camera play where some of the scenes were fast, but then some of the moves were slowed Mm -hmm. down. And I thought that was cool to just watch how they did the moves because Rico and I did a, a skit for our school and we had this tiny little combat scene that we tried to do. And just, um, it makes me really appreciate what those people do and how close up close they are to each other. Um, I mean, I also really enjoyed Hattie's opening scene with her and The Rock just because, you know, you to got to stick up for the girls. I also liked that it proved that she can hold her own. She's not riding anyone's coattails. She's not leaning on anyone to fight her battles. Um, I thought that set up her character really nicely to prove that she's earned whatever she's gotten by herself, not not riding um, anything that Shaw has done. I can't remember his first name.
0: Oh,
1: um... I don't remember. Jason's character. Oh, okay. Deckard. (laughs) Deckard, yeah. I had to flip my notes, so I'm not like
0: (laughs) all that either. But yeah, um, Liz is exactly right, you know. There is no damsel in distress ever in this movie. Not saying that all three of them did not need help or had to use teamwork, but there was never a um, using her as... A, a weaker sex. Right. You
1: know? And even so. the person that supplied all their weapons was a woman. Um, yeah. We we call that the quartermaster in mm-hmm. the James Bond world. I don't know what she's called in that world. But the person that supplied all of their weapons was a, a woman. And I liked that, that, yeah, there weren't any weak women in this. It, they all held their own and knew their stuff.
0: I want to add to the, um, going back to the fight sequences, um, we have a YouTube channel was, originally for sketch comedy and one of our comedies, we have uh, a action sequence where again, we had no background in any of this stuff, not even podcasts. Uh, But we looked online and learned about blocking techniques and fighting and editing fight sequences. So we've grown a great, we've grown a great appreciation for seeing those things. And again, we just don't see punching and kicking. We do see angles, we do see blocking and all those things so that's fantastic right there but uh if you want to check ours and see what we can do what we should do is top that films on youtube (laughs) Uh, but then we're going to start wrapping things up i want to talk about oh there are cameos so if you like cameos you don't like surprises don't look at reviews if they're making more i one trailer is good for me and that's i try not to watch anything else but there are some cameos there there are are a great surprise. You'll be pleasantly surprised. So hopefully um, you don't get that information before you see that film. And um but I also want to talk about the the world, uh the world of Hobbes and Shaw. Um which I really like. And again, I am um a multiracial, so I've grown up that way. I've grown around all these different types of people, also all different Religions, background, races, the socioeconomic. I'm also a teacher, so I see that every day. So I really like this representation of all sides. Um, is it a must? No. But I, I do notice it. And again, I'm not the one who's going to be, uh, you know, Facebook warrior and say these Hollywood's races and all this kind of things. But um, you have the diversity that continues from the very first Fast and the Furious franchise. I think that's what's helped um, pump new life into because the demographics of people seeing it is not just one race or one gender. Um, Again, um, usually when I check the reviews and stuff and see the demographics, this is one franchise where you'll get a lot of diverse uh, from age groups, from genders to races, from African-Americans, whites, Hispanic, Asian, uh, always represented. I really do appreciate that. And uh, that is something I always, like I said, I appreciate and like. Um, let's talk about final thoughts, um, about this franchise. Is, is this something you think is worth seeing
1: this movie itself or yes. the whole franchise? Oh No. Yeah. The, this movie itself, definitely. It doesn't make me want to go back and watch the other hmm. ones that came before it, but it does make me want to watch if, if something, if the next movie features Hobbs and Shaw, I would definitely go see it. You no. won't have to drag me to that one. I'll go.
0: Yes, and getting uh, Liz in preparation for Endgame, we had to do a lot of homework to get the uh, <laughs> appreciation. Again, you could have watched Endgame never watched anything else, but the Endgame of you know uh, Infinity War, The Avengers, gave a lot of nods and callbacks and, and really a big love letter to those who have been there since day one with Iron Man. And so when she saw majority of them, I mean, there's 22 movies, I think maybe she didn't see uh, three of them, but you know she got the gist of it. Hobbs and Shaw... You really don't have to go back and see any of them. Mm-hmm. And and that's I, very important. I think they did in this new direction. They uh, made it, I think, intentional to say, you know what? We are we're going to branch off. And um, I could see this going on to another franchise. I I, I want to see another Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'd go see it.
0: And, you know, the world of franchise, they always, you got to stay for the end credits and just, you know, uh, <laughs> just say that um, about that. So... Yeah, I agree. It's worth seeing. Um, It's a fun show. I mean, do you have to see opening night or a matinee. I think if you have nothing else to do or you want to... It's it's worth your... um, It's worth the time to go out there. I only think it does. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I think we got everything. Um, Hope you enjoy this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter on the same channel. It's called No Country for Pop Culture. We have a YouTube channel that is called Top That Films. So check that out. Um, If you do follow us on Twitter, if you want to let us know what else you want us to review or commentate on, we're glad to do that. We do this for fun. We're not into how many likes we get. We're not into how many people follow us. We just love sharing. And uh, and that's about it.
1: Top That Films also has an Instagram.
0: Yes, we have Instagram also. So Yeah,
1: we're just doing this for fun.
0: Yes. All right, so we hope you have a good weekend, and we'll see you soon, nerds.